0: Ah, for Christ's sake, Anakin. Hello and welcome to episode 40 of For Christ's Sake, Anakin. I'm back. I'm your host, Matthew Neugebauer, coming to you live to air from cold, sunny Wainwright, Alberta, Canada, on this 11th of January 2019. Uh, It is the Friday after Epiphany, if you're counting church-wise. That's right, I'm back and glad to be back. Sorry this hiatus took so long. Uh, I don't know, I can't re- quite recall what I shared in September. But yeah, I moved out to Alberta to work as a rural curate. The position of a curate in Anglican world is one of a kind of a junior pastor. Still learning the ropes. We're always learning the ropes. But yeah, like a, like a Padawan, but Obi-Wan Kenobi in Phantom Menace. So just about Uh, on missions, free to figure out some aspects of ministry I want to do, getting to know the town, taking initiative, but still very much under the tutelage of a seasoned master. And that has been quite beneficial out here in rural Alberta. I'm about two and a half hours east of Edmonton, um, in a town of 6,000. So we're serving a church here in the town of 6,000 Wainwright, St. Thomas Wainwright And also uh, another church In town of about 450 Called Edgerton, Alberta That's really more of a village technically um, St. Mary's in Edgerton It's been a wonderful Rewarding experience Better than I thought it would be uh, I still love the city Love what it offers And uh, the ways to engage there But definitely been an enriching experience learning and hearing from people who've lived very different lives than my own and that's been fruitful I have taken this time away from the podcast so I can uh, devote all that time and sort out, of, you know how do I fit this in uh, how do I fit this podcast in to a busy schedule full-time that does ha- happen to be the case I'm also Learning to breathe from my diaphragm, remembering the old music school lessons, learning to breathe from my diaphragm so I don't lose my voice. <laughs> I do have my trusty water bottle, which I will take a swig of. And, of course, I did bring R2 all the way. And, yes, he is right here beside me, as ever. Um, so it's been a while. I, I do admit that, uh, since Fan Expo was the, the post-Fan Expo Post mortem, if you will, uh, was the last episode in September, I believe it was. Yeah, it would have been September. So what's happened since then, other than moving to Alberta, my own life, um, lots of, uh, I mean, it was a, a, an okay time to take a hiatus because there was no Star Wars movie coming out. The show, the only show that came out was Resistance. I ended up did end up reading. A few more canon novels, especially uh, uh, Dark Disciple. There it is, <laughs> there is some, which we will get into talking about if I can recall. From what I can recall, and then the Legends of Luke Skywalker. I ended up reading that. Uh, I, I had read the Tales from Kento Bite, I think a while before, and of course, comics. Comics is really the comics have really taken off. I I think, not just taken off. In my mind right now, they're the the biggest thing in Star Wars right now, especially the end of the Vader, the Vader line. So much to impact, so much to delve into. I should probably give that a reread and talk about that in the podcast. Um, because, of course, delving into that relationship between Anakin and Vader and, and how Vader views that uh, in, the, in the years after Avengers of the Sith. It's masterful. If you want to read, do you haven't read a Star Wars comic... And you want to get into one, you're willing to give it, give you know, a, a longer time, so 25 issues, the Darth Vader by Chal, Charles Charles Soule from uh, the begin 2017, and just wrapped up. It, it's tremendous. Another of his comics, the Poe Dameron comic that also Charles Soule, sorry, that ended. Um, beautiful, wonderful comic, uh, great story going beyond the last jedi a little bit showing what happened to snap and jess pava and those guys uh, setting things up for the setting things up for episode nine quite nicely i think that's the funny thing I, I will might go into more in a later episode but with episode nine well with 2019 generally people are putting out there what are you looking forward to and and i did that last year i don't know if i'll do that this year but i might do that next time. i don't putting up there what are you looking forward to episodes uh or, or podcasts or what have you um you know what? i'll be blunt right off the top i don't know about if episode nine is actually number one i mean with the mandalorian coming out eh. Yeah, that'll be good too. Clone Wars, we don't know if that's coming out in 2020. If Clone Wars comes out in 2019, it will be my most anticipated thing. That's actually finishing. I, I did a whole thing on that a while back. Um, I'm still really excited. This doesn't get enough mention, but Master and Apprentice by Claudia Gray, they, you know, it's going to, I mean, the bar is set so high for this Qui Gon Obi Wan novel. Set before Phantom Menace, so they're they are <clears throat> they're reaching back, is is one thing they're doing and going earlier the earliest canon stuff. They're they're reaching back. I found that and, and that's been great in this Periculous golden age. Also, Queen's Shadow by Southern Ontario's own Kate Johnston, who did graduate studies at Wilfrid Laurier University, <laughs> at the seminary, but at the Wilfrid Laurier Seminary, which is even more. She just, just learned that the other day. Uh Queen Shadow, Padme novel, the transition between Queen from Queen to Senator, lots of exciting stuff. I've already declared this a prequel to Golden Age. This the twentieth year of the Phantom Menace. I, I will be doing, trying, maybe, probably doing some rewatch and reactions. How I feel about Phantom Menace twenty years on. Feel about it as good as I did. Before when I watched it five times in the theater, and then I got sucked in, I've told you this story before. I got sucked into all the the nonsense and the whatever about Jar Jar and the pod race and who knows what now, but and the chemistry and acting, whatever. I it, it's definitely up there. That's the thing. It's episode nine though, and and uh here's my unpopular opinion time, if they could have a segment called Unpopular Opinions from Matthew. It's not, this whole podcast, this whole episode might be on popular opinions, but the uh, episode nine I'm not as excited for, and here's why, is the more I try to watch episode seven, the harder it is. I know, right? It just doesn't really stand up on rewatch for me. Maybe I watched it too many times in the theaters, but I, I watched Last Jedi so many times in the theaters and I love it every single time. Can't blame me for being consistent. I dislike Episode 7. I mean, I shouldn't say I dislike. I like at least... It is... I'm building a saga films. It is at number 8 for me. I like at least because it's too familiar. I'm not saying it's a rehash of New Hope. But it's just too familiar. And I love Last Jedi so much. It's still sitting at a close number 3 behind Revenge of the Sith. And... And Breath Strikes Back for me because of how bold and different it is. So you can't blame me for, for being consistent there. Um, and, and and I also love Last Jedi. If you're new to this podcast, it is a prequelist podcast. It's strongly prequelist. I love Last Jedi because of how prequelist it is. Because how much Ryan Johnson gets the importance of what happens in that trilogy. With the Jedi, with the Rise of the Sith, with Palpatine's machinations in the Clone Wars. And I don't know if J.J. Abrams really gets it. I'm not saying the whole this will begin to make things right was a a swipe or whatever. I don't know if he really gets the importance of those events the way Ryan Johnson does. So I, I... I just don't expect it to really have much to do with the overall saga as it has. I think he's going to go a bit smaller. I'm just going in with the lower expectations that some people have. Going going to go a bit smaller. I don't even know. I don't think there's going to be an Anakin Force ghost. I would love it if there were. I don't think. I don't even know if there's going to be references to Obi-Wan or anything. Yeah, what Clatter folks have said, maybe something about Palpatine. I don't know. I honestly, I am just, I've given up on kind of expectations about that, right? They're letting J.J. make the film, do the film thing. We got, you know, Lucasfilm has given us prequelists plenty to think on, plenty to show on, and to enjoy. And so, uh, speaking of that, forgot to mention what what has come out recently in 20, late 2018, early 2019. The Age of Republic comic run. It's not a run. They're, they're a series of one-shots is what they are. Again, comics front and center. Again, pick those up. They're, they're easy to pick up. You should, you should be reading them, <laughs> especially if you're a prequelist like me. Uh, Qui-Gon, Maul, Obi-Wan. Jango Fett, uh, I believe is in the mail. Uh, I I gotta go check that (laughs) they've all delved into aspects of force mysticism, they've delved into the story surrounding it surrounding the events of the prequels and they've actually been set, some of them been set before the Phantom Menace, actually I think all three a bunch of them were set before the Phantom Menace Um, the Obi-Wan one was set, set afterwards but refers back to Obi-Wan as a a youngling and as a Padawan. And so, definitely giving us more richer insights. So, I'm not disappointed. I'm just, I'm actually guarding myself against being disappointed. Because I don't know what JJ's going to do. I mean, I haven't seen Lost. I haven't seen any of his Mission Impossibles. I know, shocking. Episode 7. Yeah. It's not, again, it's not a New Hope mashup. It's just. Okay, we'll get on to the next thing. And there, there are some great things about it. I'm not, nah, I'm not dismissing the film. It's just, it's just not my favorite, <laughs> put it that way. So, hopefully, JJ does give something. There could be more fan service, could be more politics, more world building, uh, galaxy building, the way Ryan Johnson was actually able to do it. Uh, maybe not in the same way, but to the extent that he was able to do it. So, yeah, I, I'm probably more excited for, uh, more definitely more excited. i frankly, I think I'm more excited for Master and Apprentice in episode nine. I know that's unpopular opinion, but that's always fair. I think I think I, you guys understand where I'm coming from there. Um, it's a strange new Star Wars world where. A novel, the novel is more exciting, and of course, it's very much a strange new Star Wars world. where TV shows are more exciting. Resistance, it's going to take off. The um, <laughs> take off, their pilots, the uh, mid-season premiere just show just dropped. Um, it looks like it's going to link up. Well, no, it, it will link up more directly with the events of the films, and maybe make me like Episode Seven a lot more. I, I should give it also give Episode Seven a rewatch, but. Um uh, it's gonna connect with those events and maybe fill in some of the background that was missing with episode seven that we had to go to source books with okay, I'm done up, done bashing the force awakens uh coming back Mandalorian and Clone Wars and the Cassian Andor series. all those look great Disney give me take my money that those Disney plus had better be in Canada all I'm saying uh if not then i won't tell you <laughs> what i'll do <laughs> no i that's an un- ominous no i i will be patient and, and figure it out um right. bye just like movies anywhere isn't available here disney plus a better be available here okay that's one unpopular opinion water r2 here we go You yeah, are is still getting used to life in Alberta. I know you are, buddy. So, I, I unpopular opinions, whatever. Um, I, I've titled this Jedi celibacy, and the re- and that's something I've wanted to get into for a while now. Uh, pretty much from the beginning of the series, I think, I, of this podcast. I think I've mentioned different mentioned popped some things in along the way. I chose the cover or the cover image as Ahsoka's leaving the order, spoiler alert for a few reasons um, one reason is we know that from Anakin's perspective This this photo that I found on Google <laughs> we know that one of the I mean, the, 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 the thing that ground Anakin down was you know, the fact that his relationship with Padme had to be a secret and chafing against the rules of the Order and all that. And that's part of what led him to... Uh, let him down this dark path, led him at least to really have this deep skepticism and distrust of the Order. Uh, and, and there's this beautiful moment in that scene, if you watch it in Clone Wars, the end of Clone Wars Season 6. Beautiful moment. One of the best moments in all of Star Wars, really. Uh, where Anakin tells her, I know what it's like to feel betrayed by the Jedi. Something to that effect. And Ahsoka responds, I know you do. Uh, there's a Forces of Destiny episode way back when, Ahsoka clearly knows why, <laughs> clearly knows that Anakin and Padme are together. Maybe she doesn't know the extent, but she understands and, and has picked up that sense, picked up both in the sense of she gets where Anakin's feeling, but also carries it herself, right? She's very clear in the Rebel in Rebels episodes when she's confronting Vader. I'm no Jedi. White lightsabers. Still a light side user. Still, she's not a gray Jedi. She's not mixing sides of the Force. She's a light side user. She's just not adhering to any kind of Jedi code, per se. Another reason I chose it, though, is chose this. The photo is at uh, I forget which sorrow celebration it was. It might have been in Europe, uh, 2016, whenever it was. Uh, there, Dave Filoni, Ashley Eckstein, and a few others did. I think Henry Gilroy was there. Did a retrospective, uh, panel on a panel retrospective panel on the Clone Wars because it was done back then. By then, we didn't know it was coming back. And there was a question, and they looked into okay. After that moment, what happens with Ahsoka? And there was this question: She meets up with this guy. She goes down to the lower levels a bit, meets up with this, this fella. And there's a debate about whether, you know, it's a fair question. Or is this going to be a romantic thing? Right? I mean, she's clearly capable of such feelings as we see with, with Lux Bontero and all that. And, and yeah, I'm mean, the natural thing would be, okay, let's push her romantic. Angle here. It just seems natural to our eyes and ears. Similar to the way people would thought, okay, Ezra and and Sabine in Rebels, right? Probably even similar to the way we everyone's thinking of Kaz and some of the people on the Colossus and Resistance. And Filoni responded to this thing shipping Ahsoka and and said, "No, we." We wouldn't have gone that direction, because, and this is actually interestingly, this this, this, this almost feminist. I mean, you could you could say it is that's a form of feminism here of women, female characters that end up in relationships. The result it just often happens. The Bechdel test gets thrown out the window here, and <coughs> sorry, and. It gets reduced to being a love interest and whatnot. And that was interesting. And it doesn't necessarily have to be the case. I mean, but it, it points to a broader trend and a broader way in which Star Wars is trying to actually reverse something that's deep in our culture. And that is, especially people younger, my age and younger, uh, that think that intimacy and camaraderie and fellowship can only happen when sexual feelings and romantic feelings are involved and loyalty and solidarity can only really be forged either if you're related to the person by blood or sleeping with them (coughs) and I, I think there's an aim throughout the Clone Wars series especially to show with the Jedi that that's not necessarily the case I thought I was saving my breath, my voice, but I gotta sound some water. So, yeah, that's why I, I started with Ahsoka here. In that, even if she isn't bound by the 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 requirements, she's she's whatever vows she's just left, and, and you know, she and she genuinely, rightly feels betrayed by the Jedi, but. Even if she isn't bound by the rules... She has a job to do. She has work to do. We see in the novel by... Southern Ontario's Kate Johnston... <laughs> she has a rebellion to form. <laughs> and she has all these things and... There's just... Other dimensions to her life and her character. And so... When that question comes up... They could have, right? The, the, the reverse... Argument is with with Kane and Hera, right? That when the question comes up, will they, won't they? In some sense, they always have. But the the thing that was beautiful about that romance, the will they, won't they? That was perfect about. I think I've said this before. Perfect about when they do finally kiss, Kenan and Hera, it, towards the end of Rebels. It's perfectly in line with everything they've built up. It's in line with what we know about them more broadly in terms of loyalty and commitment to each other, to this family. Um, It's an aspect of a multifaceted character. And that's what I think is important here is that they're trying to say. So let's go back to what... Uh, yeah, I mean the original impetus of this is uh, Jedi celibacy and what that might mean. So, I want to clarify a few things. As an Anglican, I'm I'm single. Uh, if I'm to be ordained, <clears throat> there are no rules about whether or not I can get married. There are no no requirements. Nothing about when obviously it would have to be keep the authorities aware of, of my life situation but there have been bishops who have gotten married as bishops right there there's no we don't have any any rules about that like what Roman Catholics and Orthodox have different rules about things um, but what Anglicans do have also just like Roman Catholics and Orthodox Do have a religious communities of uh, men or women monks we call them monks or nuns or sisters or whatever you want to call them monastic communities that do uh, you know they they, we don't call it this but they do take a vow of celibacy they take it's called a vow of stability and that's actually important in that a vow to commit to the life of that community And that comes at the expense of any possible lifelong sexual romantic relationship we call marriage. (laughs) Uh, Traditionally, right? The thing is, we act as Anglicans, even though it's not required for clergy, I'd like to, the sense I get is that the church as a whole deeply respects and honors the commitments that our monks and sisters have made. Uh, would want to support them in that, right? Do not think that, it's interesting that Anglicans don't think, oh, the, you know, these communities, the Order of the Holy Cross, and the Society of St. John the Divine, or Sisterhood of St. John the Divine, or wherever, that they're being repressed or chafed no, by, by being celibate, you know, they want to join this community. No, we believe that they're following their vocation, their call that God has made them to join this community rather than the community of marriage. And that already should point to, again, what I was saying before, is that for Christians, the hope at least, and this is changing and this is also a concern, Regardless of what your sexuality is, it's always a part of a bigger reality of your life before God and your life with God's people. And the reason I bring that up, the concern in our society, and I said this before the concern is a lot of young people at least feel like or reduce desires and relationships reduce it to sexual or romantic things where when am I going to get laid next I'm not being approved here and I want to be clear it's not that I think sex is bad <laughs> uh, we, we've done a lot of work as churches to restore an equality well an equality for marriage and and, cel- and life. We've done a lot of work, I think, as, as churches to say human desires are created by God and are good, and it's a very powerful way of connecting to people. I'm also not trying to rain on the parade of people who just enjoy shipping, you know, the saying, "Oh yeah, those two characters have good chemistry. Why not connect them?" You know, whatever. That's that's all in good fun. That's fine. That's fair. I just don't like it. It doesn't resonate. Part of it, it doesn't resonate with my own experiences as a single person. Um, it doesn't resonate with my own experiences in which my friendships with women have been deeply important and collaborative, and uh, really part of how I've been able to affirm their dignity as women, as people, and and so. That's the angle I'm coming at from, right? With the Jedi, so so here's kind of where where all this comes out of is. So looking at the Jedi, then, whenever people mention the failures of the Jedi and the prequels, it's almost uh, I, I'm trying to not sound so polemical or, or knee jerk, whatever, but it almost sounds like they can't help it but say, "Oh, they required." celibacy they couldn't go out and have have sex whatever they couldn't date or make attachments and that, that somehow in and of itself is a failure Is is hierarchical control manipulation and the problem with that is it assumes a lot of this thing of the deepest expression of myself is as a sexual being. I don't think people necessarily say that, come out and say that, but I I, want to put to you that that wasn't... Even when it comes to Anakin Padme, I don't think that was even the primary issue there. Um, I mentioned Dark Disciple, right? And how... And here's spoiler for Dark Disciple If you haven't read it I don't know how much this podcast is going to make too much sense But it might make a little bit of sense Anyway, Dark Disciple uh, Well, sorry If you want to avoid the spoiler and skip the rest of this I don't know how much it will make sense But interesting, Quinlan Voss Jedi Master Quinlan Vos Is going undercover with Asajj Ventress And Sparks fly And it's written well And it works well And this was a Clone Wars arc that um, Katie Lucas wrote, George Lucas's daughter, that I believe Christy Golden uh, turned into a novel and developed into a novel. So it's it's, it's from before the Disney takeover, but it's still canon. Anyway. And what happens there is, you know, yeah, the Quinlan and Asajj they keep going and. Uh, they they have this mission to assassinate Dooku and they they keep exploring these things. Quinlan starts exploring the dark side. They they start getting together and I mean we don't aren't told necessarily how far they go but um, well no I guess it's 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 kind of pretty clear how far they go. <laughs> um, see the concern there. The concern there and the reason it, it's, it was a slippery slope, not because feelings are bad, not because taking risks are bad, but partly because, I mean, because Quinlan had made this commitment to this other, and this is my point here, Quinlan had made this commitment to this other family. And for him to go off and start another, start this family or whatever, this bond with Asajj I mean we see it right there he almost gets sucked in by the dark side or, or these darks he, he borders along even though Asajj is going the other direction she's coming toward, back towards the light yeah it, it, it's breaking apart these bonds that uh, the Quinlan has made in the Jedi Temple, with the Jedi Order. I think this entire that entire point, if I'm going to take the, the the argument of this podcast is that all of Star Wars is about Anakin. Dark Disciple is a reflection on Anakin and Patman. Um, is a reflection on their relationship, and that's the thing we see, so what we see with Monastic religious orders here in our world is that they're already a family. They're already committed to companionship and having these bonds of affection that are not sexual, but that's fine. <laughs> they're, but it's more than a friendship, right? It is a family. Anakin goes outside that family, right, and, and he he does, it, and what ends up happening is the bonds end up breaking, right? What, I mean, what the problem, What what is maybe a failure of the Jedi and is often a failure we see in religious communities and with, with diocesan Roman Catholic priests is when things are kept secret, right? And we create cultures where cultures of stigma and understand the the role of the rules in doing that, but if it's simply a negative prohibition against having sex and, and forming romantic attachments, if it's simply that, then it create it buries when things do go wrong, things do go off, it buries underground, and, and you know, and, and without the accountability, without the support. That Obi-Wan Kenobi could have given him given to his dear friend Anakin. So that that is sure partly at fault. The Jedi are partly at fault there. But I want to say it it isn't itself a failure. The requirement, so rule of celibacy isn't itself a failure of the Jedi. That they they I mean they have this mutually supporting thing. That's the thing, is the bond between Anakin and Obi-Wan. You know, if Anakin were married, if Anakin were up there with Padme, who knows if the same kind of bond would have happened with Obi-Wan. Right? Now, and who knows if... He, here's maybe the this final piece here. I was going to say, who knows if he wouldn't have fallen to the dark side? Well, he might have, because guess what? He falls to the dark side because he wants to save Padme. Who he's made this attachment to. And again, I'm not saying that it was inherently wrong to make that attachment. I'm saying, what if there was a wisdom of the Jedi? What if Yoda was right to some extent in saying this fear of loss leads to the dark side? And that, you know, that engaging this thing that end up, you know, you know This bond, because these power forces are so powerful, even in our world, and no wonder why a lot of young people feel that's the only way to really connect with someone else is sexually and romantically, because they're powerful evolutionary drives. Not denying that. We think we talk about thinking with other body parts rather than our own head. Well, at some point, you know when, when. Anakin is kneeling before Palpatine. I mean, he's thinking about Padme. He's also thinking about how he turned outside the Jedi to for this mentorship, namely to Palpatine, who. all, <laughs> he's a politician. Yes, Palpatine has this genteel uh, persona up front, but he's a politician. So I mean, so is Padme, but more crafty more conniving and the Shroud of the Dark Side covering it. I wonder if Anakin, this is the what if, if Anakin had actually stayed in the discipline of the Order, would there be would there would there be a Darth Vader? Would there be an empire? Would there be its tyranny? would the rule of two just die out because uh, Sidious couldn't find a successor I don't know we wouldn't have a saga (laughs) so there's that narrative point but that isn't it wasn't a failure of the Jedi to say there's this other family you need to commit to and these other bonds you need to commit to and so You know, um, again, if you like shipping, (laughs) if you like, if you want to point out the way, you know, this narrative thing, and this is kind of what I've done throughout this this episode is, yes, there is a narrative strain in which the very tension between Anakin having to hide his relationship with Padme and wanting this, the, the... the connections to the order that he has connection personal, not just political, whatever personal support especially with Obi-Wan that that's what drives him off the wall here yeah, you can make that point uh, but it isn't just because they required celibacy we see, and we see the communities, not just the institutions, but communities. You know, I mean, Roman Catholics, Roman, uh, monastic communities. Believe it or not, there are a lot of healthy, well-adjusted, celibate people in the world. <laughs> Believe it or not. My final, my main point ultimately is just because a rule can be abused doesn't mean that rule is inherently foolish or wrong. It's that it's misapplied. It's that it creates a stigma. It can create a stigma where things are pushed underground and not dealt with with the support and care of a community. But just because something's abused, then the, the wisdom of that rule is being ignored. Also, so that's something I want to get off my chest. For. Eh. Better part of a few years. Um, I hope it didn't seem too polemic or combative, but it is something I hear a lot. And I, the whole, the whole Jedi failed because, in part, because they don't allow people to make attachments. Going forward, look. I mean, again, I, I had no problem at all with with, with Kanan and Hera. Um, that's partly because the community, the family, the institution is gone He isn't, not only is he bound by those rules, there's no purpose for them anymore that is true with Ray, whoever um, and you notice Luke, we don't see him partnering with anyone, maybe he does but it's just as easy safe to assume that he doesn't um, during the you know before in, in between Return of the Jedi and the Force Awakens, he again he has an order to rebuild and and a, a history to recapture, and and yeah you can do that while you're married and whatnot. But uh, I mean, if there is if the story of Star Wars is about forbidden loves and fathers and sons, then it's just the realistic point that sexual romantic relationships are full of life and joy and hope. They're also full of pain and stress and fear because that is life. They're not the paragon of, uh, you know, sex is not the paragon of human expression that we're told it is (laughs) often. With Ray going forward, if she ends up with Poe or whoever, again, that the, they can—if they tell me the story well, that's fine. But I don't think it's necessary. If you enjoy shipping them, have fun, go for it. I don't think it's necessary. Um, but yeah, that—that's me, my thoughts. Again, hopefully, it didn't sound too polemic. Hopefully I'm not trying to bash, you know. Sometimes with these types of topics I get, I'm tempted to veer into the whole, well you secular atheists, whatever, you don't know anything. And I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying, here's a concern in our culture that's leading people to, I think, misinterpret an aspect of the prequels. And... It's something that I do believe is a concern. Uh, hopefully in my life and ministry, I'm able to address it positively. For friendships, for healthy, meaningful sexual relationships, romantic relationships, marriages. Um, I haven't had a chance to do a wedding yet, but I hopefully will soon. <laughs> um, yeah. We're all humans here. We all live and struggle There's a wider human family that we all are part of. And it's what we hold in common single, married, chaste, sleeping around. I don't know. You know, definitely differences in relative morality, but we can all come together and share our common humanity. So that has been episode 40. Uh, for Christ's to Anakin! is the beginning of season three i'm calling it i hope uh you appreciate my thoughts i hope you appreciate coming back that my return and i hope i can keep on doing this and better be on the ball one last word from r two <laughs> yeah he's tired <laughs> thanks for listening god bless may the force be with you Oh, my.